everybody welcome to the tech point africa podcast my name is organeromo and i'll be your host for today um so as you saw from the intro we're going to be talking about something really interesting um you saw the intro you saw the trailer for the anikulakpo movie i hope i did not know that this i'm really sorry to every europa person out there sorry but you saw the trailer for the movie and um everybody has been talking about the movie for like a month now i think it was released in october and everyone has been talking about it has been trending. Um, we've seen it become one of the... I think it was it was trending as the one for non-English speaking movies in on Netflix. has trended on Netflix, top-watched top movies on Netflix in Nigeria for like about a month until Sole. Sorry again, Yoruba people, really sorry. But yeah, um, it was trending before Sole. Sole. Okay, let me not do that. <laughs> let me not do that. So it was trending before that movie came on and took its place. But that's not what we're going to be talking about today. Today we're going to be talking to someone that did some really interesting things in that movie. And um, he, you, you saw the tra- you saw the um, intro, yeah. So he was the one that did the visual effects for that bird. And um, he'll be talking to us about so many interesting things today. And uh, his name is Uche Anisiuba. I hope I did not murder that. Yes, yeah, good. <laughs> okay, I heard you. Okay, so hi, Uche. Welcome to the Tech Point Africa podcast. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Right, you're That's very good. welcome. Yeah. So, how are you doing? How's today been? Oh, today has been amazing. Today has been I don't know if I want to trust the way you said that, <laughs> but let's see. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, we're talking. Um, we're talking about the visual effects industry today. We're talking about what you did with Anikulakpo. Hopefully, I didn't murder that again. I'm going to just ignore if I murder that movie. But yeah, be fine. And um, we're talking about that. We're talking about um, the VFX industry in Nigeria in general. And so, just so I'm not assuming that everybody knows what visual effects is. So maybe you just give us a quick rundown of what it is. Like, if you're explaining to a five-year-old or a teenager, someone that doesn't really understand what you do. So. Yes. Um, so, VFX um, is, simply put, visual effects. FX for effects. Um, it's, it's what people call movie magic. It's like the hocus-pocus for films. Um, if you've ever been a fan of the Avengers movie franchise, mm-hmm. um, I would say go watch the behind-the-scenes. And you would be, you'd be amazed, you'd be amused, <laughs> and you'd appreciate what a lot of artists put in to make the best movies that you love daily. Um, so VFX simply is recreating things that typically are outside the realms of what's possible in live action, or too risky for what's possible in live action. Not always the case, but in some cases, it's a lot easier to do it than in live action. Um, and so it's just using tool sets, computer tool sets, to mess with reality and make something amazing. Mm. Right. So it's 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 not just applicable to movies now, yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. So it's not just applicable to movies. Um, I've seen people who do visual effects for like architecture, who like re-envision a house 
on an empty land, but you see the video and the house is really there. Mm-hmm. And it's it's good for making pitches and getting investors to fund like a property type project. Mm, right. So how did you get into VFX? Oh, yes. Um, so a couple of things. I think, let me make a slight correction. With the Anikulakbo. Um, yeah. So I worked in collaboration with um, someone called Imano Basi, who's also an amazing visual effects Yeah, I think artist. I saw some YouTube videos. Yes. Um, so the project was primarily from him. So he handled some of the effects. But I focused more on the rigging, the animation, and um, some of the camera tracking. I would delve into some of these things because, yeah, jargons. <laughs> um, but so look, you asked the question. Yeah, like how did you get into... Oh, yes. Um, so... Like most of us growing up, I've always been a fan of movies, cartoons, video games, you know, same thing, everybody. Disney with Aladdin and all those stuff, Lion King. Mm. And um, I never thought I'd get into animation or visual effects, but I think it was sometime in 2010. Yes, 2010, I think. Um, there was a movie that was pretty popular then. It was called Beowulf. Amazing movie, Turner, if you can't, if you can't check it out. Okay. And I was watching it with um, some people and um, I, I remember someone in the background saying hi Oibo people don't finish us. <laughs> and I'm like ah, which one of the people don't finish us? share that computer we can go to computer village Utiba buy the thing learn the thing you know yeah. and do it and I think that was the spark um, I was a mass communication student at the time although I've always been in like visual arts I've always been drawing I think my first memory is me drawing that so i've always been drawing and i've always been one to win like art competitions in school or best in arts and all that stuff mm-hmm. uh, growing up my my parents looked at my results they don't they skip subjects they skip like art <laughs> they're like where's the where's the math because the they know the arts is already mm-hmm. so i've always had that and so when i when i saw that movie in 2010 i got really inspired to learn um same time i also was doing internship with Lagos Television at Gidimbi and they had like a trade fair of some sort wherein Samsung just launched like a 3D movie and so the whole idea and so I was watching a visual effects movie at the time there luckily for me I met an architect who had some of the so I was speaking to him and he had some of the 3D softwares used in the movie and I was Mm. intrigued I was like yeah he said there's 3D marks there's this there's that Mm. I should come collect it from him and so there it started collected it from him started reading tutorials thousand and something pages little by little thank god for youtube it's a lot easier these days you know yeah. on google search and so i started out being self-taught mostly and um then i did nyse so that was 2010 2013 i did my nyse um in ocean state luckily for me the place i did it um there was almost 24 hours lights nice. um, so i was like okay so i did my first few months came back to lagos got my computer has got like a lot of tutorials went back there and just zoned in and learned almost through my year while i was teaching obviously mm-hmm. um i was there to teach governments and governments and what, what was the other thing so i was teaching mostly governments but mm-hmm. because i was so focused in um, computer i had a there was a copper who was teaching computer science and he wasn't quite good at it so sometimes i'll just mm-hmm. sit in for him and teach his students computer science so that was how I spent most of my service here. And so finishing in 2013, I came back to Lagos, really wanting to do animation at the time, very convinced. 
and so I took all my service money and went to study in a studio called Orange VFX. They're still around. Really amazing studio. It's yeah, really I think I saw something about them too. Yes. So I went there to study and that was like just me pouring everything I had in and that did the story begun. Mm. That's how it started. Nice. That's, that's, that's interesting. I don't know if... I, I, I love movies. Okay, let me not say I love movies. I watch movies. Okay. <laughs> but um, I don't think I would ever want to become an animator. First of all, I don't know how to draw. So, so let's let's not get into that. But yeah, um, how did you... like? What, what was your first job? like? Um, my first job actually has, has always been within the animation space. So, aside from discounts, NYC. Mm. Um, my first job was working with Orange VFX as an animator, mm. as a junior animator. Mm. I think, so when I finished the training that I was speaking about, um, I was like, okay, everybody was like, you know, this guy is good, just, just work, let's just work together. Mm. And so that's, we started like that. And we were doing some projects. Uh, and then after a while, I've also been interested in video games, very interested in video games. So at the time, I moved from there to go work in a game company on the island called GameSoul. Um, and we were we were creating, I think we were one of the biggest, if not the biggest, game company in Africa creating games for the Windows Mobile at the time, those Nokia phones. Mm. Um, and yeah, and so it opened my eyes to not just 3D, but making 3D interactive, making it something playable. And since then, I've also ventured into VR and all that stuff. So do you still make animation for games now? Oh yes. Um, so we've done. So mostly it's mostly enterprise VR um, content. So we've done some stuff with like um, Trader Money, Bank of Industry, um, but it's mostly training type projects. So mm-hmm. think like construction, um, safety training, mm-hmm. or those sort of things. Yeah. So it's not usually like the. Um, Street Fighter type animation. It's usually more practical enterprise type stuff. Mm, I think you went viral in was it twenty nineteen for yes. yeah an Indomie, um, a drone picking um, yes. up an Indomie. Yes. How was that like? Oh yes, yeah. so, so it was twenty twenty, but I think it was it was when the COVID kicked off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was bored at home, and I was like, you know what? And so I did that, and it was it was interesting. I would say. Um, I wasn't used to it because it was like overnight. Like, so I've done. I had, at the time, I had done a couple of 3D and visual effects projects, mm-hmm. and some of them, like there was one I did. I'm sure you guys would play it. I had shared the video. It's called Skilly Bay. Um Really high end stuff. It's like Ratatouille, um, mm-hmm. but creature type visual effects, and a lot of work. Took myself and my company like almost six to eight months, mm-hmm. and that didn't blow up. And then the drone video took like three days to do out of boredom, and that blew up. I'm like, it's life. <laughs> but yeah, so now that thing, that, I, I probably would share the video later. That thing is being played in like a national game show in Japan, and people are, and like they have like their top celebrity guests. Mm. Guess whether ah, is this real or is this not real? Mm. This is Lagos, Nigeria. That's just like my small apartment just playing around. But yeah, it was, it was really interesting. It was also my, I had a slight, what do you call it now, taste of internet fame. Because people who you don't know start reaching out. And yeah. then some people who you knew before but you don't talk to are like, oh, you forgot to me. You know? Yeah, it was a weird time. But for, I did, for me, I wasn't just used to it. I was more focused on just the work. But it was interesting. Mm, 
Right, right. So, um, so let's. I don't. Okay, let let me not let me not do. Let me um, move away from you know you as a visual effects person and generally into like the visual effects industry in Nigeria. So, first things first, Nigerian movies and VFX. <laughs> right, Nigerian movies and VFX. We've seen a lot of interesting things like. I was watching some YouTube videos to like get a general idea of how the whole thing works. And I saw a movie and um I saw the behind the scenes of the VFX. And I went to watch the movie and like see the, how it played out and I was like <sighs> I wasn't impressed. So I'm just like, okay, so what's happening in that industry in Nigeria? How's how how is that industry growing? Why do we see things like are not as good as you would see with say an Avengers movie. Although let's let's give it to the Americans, they're good. But what was that? Is it a function of um, of skills? Is it a function of budget? Like what's what's why is that? Yeah, I think you mentioned two two very integral parts. Um, um, yeah, I think you mentioned two very integral parts. I think as with most things, it's a green industry. Um, I'm sure most people here can see the growth in Nollywood now versus a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Video quality, camera quality, lighting quality, cinematography, sound, everything. Um, so I think it's it's a green industry. Um, but I also, so I think two things. Nollywood as an industry is growing and it's beginning to become more lucrative now to do high quality movies. Mm-hmm. Um the, the short film I did, um, the Skinny Bay Project, with the rats talking, was supposed to be a visual effects movie. And at the time when we put it out, I had to, I delved into research mode and I was figuring out how much it will cost because we're trying to get investors to fund the movie. Mm-hmm. How much it will cost to do such a movie and what are the returns on such investment. Mm-hmm. And at the time, Wedding Party was out. And Wedding Party was the highest grossing Nigerian film at two close to $2 million. Yeah. Or so they say. I don't know. <laughs> That's what they said. Um, so, so, and then when we were putting together the costs, what we realized was to do a high-end visual effects movie in Nigeria, you should be spending somewhere around a $100 million upwards. Naira. Yeah, Naira, yes. Okay. Upwards. Um, yes. Thanks for the <laughs> clarification. Because <laughs> um, we are saying dollars. Oh, yes. So, $100 million Naira upwards. And, um, and it, it's probably might even get to the two million that that wedding party grossed. Mm. And so, for something relatively new, some of the people we were talk, talking to at the time were a bit wary, and for good reasons because it's the first it's mm. the first time. Um, and so, part of the issue with the Nigerian movie industry is partly funding, but not funding in terms of not having investors to invest. Funding in terms of being sure that you get return on such investments. We don't have enough cinema screens. Yeah. We don't have a movie culture like the US. Yeah, true. You understand these things play. There is Alaba Boys, you know. Boys. Um, what else? So there are all these things. Netflix is still, still becoming a thing. Some of these streaming services are mm. just becoming a thing. So it's only going to get better, but it's not there yet. But thankfully, there seems to be a lot more investors in the space having those conversations, companies getting funded, um, and then some production, and that's on the animation side of things. But in the Nollywood side of things, some production houses 
um, like Ebony Live partnering with like international studios like Sony mm-hmm. and a couple of other houses. So funding is coming in. There's some professionalism. There's global standards. So there are all these things. Like if you're doing stuff with Netflix, there's a benchmark. There's a quality standard. And so um, these things are informing the industry and the industry is growing. Um, but yeah, I understand when people see, see Nigerian visual effects movie and feel iffy about it, I understand. And we're not there yet by any means, actually. I feel sometimes I watch even with the Anikmalak, it's amazing, but I think it can be better. Yeah. And that's what we all strive for. Um, I also think, so that's on the financial slash business side. Um, I also think there's a skill, skill deficit. Um, for someone like me, I've, I'm mostly self-taught, but I've taken like online courses, foreign courses, and I have people that I've worked with internationally that has helped. Um, but I think for most industries to grow, and which why Hollywood is the way it is, is there are a lot of people who are highly skilled in specific things. I'll give you an example. If you watch any film, there's someone who just focuses on cloth, how the cloth moves. Mm. Someone focuses on hair, how the hair moves. That's, they're doing visual effects. So, yeah. simple example like Thanos in the MCU. Um, someone focused on everything, how Thanos looked. Someone focused on how Thanos moved. Someone focused on all the effects. And so, this specializations creates people who are very um, proficient. Mm-hmm. And so, it's a big industry. There's more money. There are more skilled people. Um, but I think, like I said, it's changing now. More people are organizing visual effects training. People are getting skilled up. There are foreign courses. There are online courses now. There's YouTube, you know. And the tide is turning. I feel we can only get better. Mm, right. I really hope it gets better. And I feel like this is going to be like a stupid question, but I really want to know. Um, so why do VFX in Nigeria in terms of, like you just said, financing, you need a lot of finance to do this. And and I want to believe that it's a profitable business, but I'm not sure how you have to answer that. Like, is it a profitable business? Is it something that you would encourage people to come into in terms of, you know, the usual, I want to make some money out of this. Oh, yeah. So we get paid. Like, it's very profitable. You know, like, we we talk to Jeff Bezos and all that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I won't say it's particularly profitable, but it's like it pays the bills in most cases. But I think it, where, where the visual effects space is, is where tech and startup was in, like, 2010 mm. to 2014-ish. It's new. And so... If you're in the space, you see the opportunity. It's teething, like it's there. Yeah. Particularly now where the world is listening to Africa. Um, there is a thirst for different stories, different narratives, particularly African stories. And Nollywood tells mm. it, yeah, but they can't tell it like we can tell it. Mm. Um, and I think that's where that's also where the opportunity is in terms of distribution and monetization is... Um, back in the day, Nollywood looked at just the African, the Nigerian markets, but there's the African markets and there's the black and diasporian markets who are still trying to connect to their roots and yeah. hear all these stories. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a friend who runs a studio who uh, was working on, who, and the film was almost out, God of Thunder. Um, shout out to Commotion Studios, by the way. Okay. Um, and it's a story about Shongu, highly, fully animated, looking amazing. And, um, there are audiences in Brazil who are waiting for that content to drop. So mm-hmm. there's this huge 
international markets. And so I think we have all these rich stories. Like Thor is Shango. Thor is good-legged Shango. Um, <laughs> sorry, I didn't say that, but that's what it is. Um, and so, like, we have the stories. And if we tell them at the, at the quality that is international, yeah. then, and I think that's what India is doing amazingly well at the moment. Um, if we can tell them a high quality, then who knows? Look at where our music is. Brunner is, like, selling out... American states beating a lot of American celebrities mm. in terms of numbers. Same with Whiskey. So there is there is that open there's that openness. We see that opportunity and it's only going to keep growing and getting better. So that's why we're in the space. Mm. Right, right. So talking about business, so I don't forget, let's pay a little homage to our business team, the ones that are paying our house rent. So Hi, I'm Abisala Adenoga, the head of business at TechPoint Africa. Did you know that you could present yourself as a reputable brand leader? Did you know that your business can get the limelight it deserves? Now you do. Using TechPoint Africa's marketing tools, we can put you in the faces of a large audience for brand awareness and thought leadership. To do this, reach out to us by sending an email to business at techpoint.africa or click on the link in the description below. Hi guys, welcome back to the Tech Point Africa podcast. Um, if you've been watching, you know we've been talking to Uchi Anisioba. He's one of the um, persons that was on the VFX team for Anikulako. Yes, I hope I didn't bother that again. But yeah, um, he's one of he's one of the persons on the VFX team. And um, yes, let's get back into our conversation. We are talking about you know the whole business um, surrounding the vfx industry in nigeria so let's get into the movie itself like what was your role because you just i think at the beginning you told me that um you're not the only one and i yes. saw that there was Emmanuel Basi, there was tunde oluwa there was shola ojol yeah it's, it's a lot smaller list than you have in most hollywood movies yeah you know? those those ones in, run into like the hundreds mm-hmm. um but yeah so my role in the anikola book project was more camera tracking and so three things camera tracking rigging animation and fur um so camera tracking in visual effects is essentially um trying to recreate the live action of the real camera in 3d and so the idea is to have the computer figure out what camera the scene was shot in if you can figure out what camera the scene was shot in you can kind of approximate that scene digitally in like the computer. And so I did some of that. Um, I also rigged and animated the bird. So rigging is, I think I'll just be breaking down all the jargons. Rigging is how, you know, I think for most 3D objects, they come in as like clay models. They are static, they don't move. Mm-hmm. And so rigging is like creating like um, controls. It's almost like, pop- animation is almost like puppeteering, mm. essentially, 3D puppeteering. That's essentially what it is. Mm-hmm. And so rigging is creating those controls and um, there's some science to it because you need to like study some anatomy. So I had references of like the bone structure of the bird and figuring out where those joints are and how it would move. Um, and so that's rigging. And so for the animation, which is mostly about the movements, um, we used a lot of reference of real, of real birds and how they flew and how they, although they didn't talk, so, <laughs> you know. But um, so there's that, and so and then there's the process of 
sending shots and going back and forth with the directors and um, correcting things. Um, so that's mostly what I did. Um, and I think um, Emmanuel Basi did most of the effects and the rendering. By effects, I mean like the smoke mm-hmm. and the rendering and some of the compositing. And I think for most um, visual effects movies out there, it's usually not a person project. It's a collaborative stuff of yeah. hundreds of people. Um, right now, the industry doesn't really have a lot of highly skilled people, mm. which is why to do a high-level high skilled project like Game of Thrones, yeah, to take some training and lots of people to put that together. Yeah. But I see that within the next five years, mm. actually, five to ten years max. Because... Okay. The conversations are happening. Sony is already partnering with like Ebony Live, so funding is happening. Mm-hmm. They've seen the markets where the where the music is is already a testament of Nigerians and Africans in diaspora willing to pay for Nigerian content. Yeah, and so the hoop now is the hurdle now is quality. Hit the global quality, access that market, and yeah, that's the business. Mm, interesting. I I like your prediction. It'll be interesting to see if that comes to to should I call it, say it come to pass or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's only a matter of time. It's like, and which is why I'm, I, I follow the tech space a lot. Mm-hmm. Nobody would have thought that tech in Nigeria would be where it is right now, like in, tw- in the twenty tens. Because mm-hmm. then it's like people in their basements just program. I know how to build a website. <laughs> <laughs> you understand? Now people are talking AI. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So talking about, you know, the tech space and all of that. Um, so this November, we're going to be having the FinTech Summit by TechPoint Africa. And it's going to basically, we're going to be touching on everything about FinTech. So, you know, everybody's always talking about payments. Why do you have so many FinTech startups? Everybody's always querying, querying. Don't worry. We'll, come, we'll talk about it there on November 26th. is going to hold at four points by Sheraton. November 26th by um, 8 a.m., if I'm not mistaken. And um, we're going to talk about so many things. We're going to talk about um, how to hire your, how to um, build your own fintech startup, what you need to to think about when you're building your fintech startup, how to start a career in fintech. We're going to talk about so many interesting things. We have people like Odunayewini speaking at the summit. We have people like... Um, um, the Pay you Tech founder speaking at the summit, and just head on to fintech or tech point of Africa to register. Just head on there. And uh, sorry, early bird tickets have ended. You for when I was telling people the last time I I was able to now agree to pay for early bird tickets. So, but, but yeah, you can still register and. Yeah, all the best. Just head on to fintech.techpoint.africa. We would display a link and loan and you'll be able to register. So yeah, back to our conversation. And you're saying it took... Okay, you didn't say, tell me how long it took to like do all of the visual effects. Oh, yes. Um, if I remember correctly, I think it was within a month and a couple of weeks. I would say like four to six weeks. Mm. Give or take, because there was some back and forth. Mm-hmm. And there were periods where we needed to wait for feedback and to correct. So four to six weeks. Um, which and that's the funny thing about animation because it's the, the thing looks very short. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's how animation is sometimes. It's usually it's funny how people don't know how much goes into every every minute of an animated movie that they watch, like Lion King. 
something to think about if you're watching like a standard movie most movies are at least 24 frames per second yeah back in the day what that meant back in the day of the aladdins and the lion kings and pinocchio's what that meant was or tom and jerry or someone drew 24 times for every second not just drew drew painted all the lots mm-hmm. 24 times for every second you watched and so yeah so it's a lot <laughs> thankfully animation gets lucrative if done right and then you can the other there's merch there's events there's, mm. in the case of disney there's disneyland yeah yeah mm, right yeah, what you just said reminded me of i think i was watching a documentary on how was it looney tunes or one of the very first cartoons was made and i saw how the guy kept moving i don't i can't remember what it was he was moving but he kept moving the drawing itself he could move it like move it like just to get one scene yes i was just like wow so if before computers, this is what you guys are doing, just to get people to see a cartoon. Yeah. So what you're describing is something called onion skinning. It's like it's flipping the paper. Yeah. To see, so it's like maybe the character, is, let's say the character wants to like pick the smoke. So it's like, so him flipping the paper is that. Mm. And so he's trying to estimate between here and here, does the movement work? And so you do that and keep doing that moving forward. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let, let's, let's um, go back into the movie. So, um, I'm not so. Would you would you rate the? Would you rate it among like this project? Would you rate it amongst like the hardest things you've ever done? Or um, hard is re- hard is relative. I I don't think I don't think it was hard. I think it was yeah. I think it was challenging. Mm. Um, but I think because of the kind of people we worked with. By the way, Kule Afana is such an amazing director. All the people from the Netflix team and Emmanuel Basi and everybody that worked on the project were all professionals, so um, it was a lot easier because everybody knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a lot easier. Um, it gets hard when you work with certain clients that are not within the space. Um, so we used to we do a lot of advertising projects, and some clients get it, and other clients don't get it, and so. The iterations, the you understand, and so you're trying to explain something. So just move it now, like you don't know what. <laughs> so it gets hard like that. Um, so it wasn't necessarily hard, but yeah, it was challenging because everything had to. It's a different thing doing animation for a cartoon. It's just not that believable. But if you had to do it better, I suppose to be in a live action and crew. Yeah, you really need to go study those birds in real life. I have, I have like. Zoo footages and jungle of that specific bird, like mm-hmm. like twenty, thirty different ones, different angles, just looking at how it moved and all that stuff. And so it's 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 not hard in terms of the amount of work that you need to put in, but you mm-hmm. need to study, you need to understand how certain things move, and that's where it gets complex. Mm, did you have to all that research that you did? Did it happen within that one month period or before? Uh, I think before. So prior to when we kicked off. We had already spoken about it. I had those references, and I had to go study them. Um, although, thankfully, I've always been within the um, we call it we call it this sort of thing creature animation. So, animating a lion go eat someone. <laughs> I think something I should do. But yeah, <laughs> um, um, those sort of things. I've always been within that space, and so just understanding um, anatomy and motion and how humans move, how animals move. And it also helped me being coming from a dancing background. I used to have like a dance group in the uni. 
understanding timing. So in animation, one call one very integral thing is timing. Understanding how long it takes something to move from one place to another, mm-hmm. and what's what's happening while that's happening. Choreography is all about timing, so it's easy to transfer that. I realize that most people who are into some sort of motion type activity, be it exercise, be it sports, it's a lot easy to transfer understanding of motion from that to animation. And so having those sort of things plus studying the animal specifically just gave me like a rich library of how things moved. Um, but like I said, it, it can be a lot better still because I'm a harsh critic to myself, which yeah. which only makes for a good artist at the end of the day. Mm. Mm, right. So, what was like your favorite bit of like you know doing the entire thing? Oh yes, um, I think the, the favorite bit was actually um, having the so the bed drops something and the lady picks it up. Having that just work seamlessly. Thankfully, the thing that was dropped, the god as they called it that was dropped was, I think they 3D scanned it or something. So they got the real thing digitally, but the, literally the real thing. Mm. That's the closest thing to carry something and put it inside the computer. Mm. And so it was almost seamless dropping the thing and having the lady pick it. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that was, that, was one of the, that was one of the highlights of it. And also, um, also, obviously, also having the people in charge of the project say, yeah, we like it. Good. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that client is always making the client happy. Is always oh, a good yes. thing. The bank account happy. <laughs> <laughs> true, 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 true. That is very true. Right. So, um, moving away from you know Anukolakpo, and you're talking earlier about talent, like getting, like there being a talent deficit, and what really is the problem? Is it that not enough people are trying to learn? Um, visual effects in Nigeria? Is it that the people that are there now don't have the skills? Like, what's the problem, really? Because I know I've heard about there have been pockets of communities of the VFX industry in Nigeria, but not really a lot of cohesive... Yes. Um, so I think it's like it's with any small industry, it takes a while before there's some structure. Um, and so the, in- the industry started out with mostly people who were self-thought. And most of those people didn't understand um, skill, scalability, understand business structure and being able to scale. And I think that's something that I'm a bit envious with the startup space because it's very integral. Have your MVP, have your go-to-market strategy, and start scaling it. You know? And for us, it's something that we came late to the party. So in my case, it took me um, getting into VR. And um, being in like some incubator, so we, uh, we spun off a VR company called Quadron XR, and we were in some sort of incubator with Facebook uh, sometime in 2019. And thankfully, I had to study. We had to. They taught us business, markets, scaling, and all that stuff. Mm. And so, um, and so these, uh, so these things have informed us. And I think most of our studios have learned it in their own very own pace but has informed the need for people to train more people. So, in, for instance, in the case of Orange, they have a huge facility that they just got, I think it was last year or last two years, and they are training people, animation, visual effects, all that stuff. And there are more people who are doing that in pockets. So it's growing. Um, but part of the reason why it's not been this way, is it's not always been a lucrative space. 
and it's still becoming a lucrative space. Mm. But now that there are more investor conversations, so these days there are more people who have some distribution in the U.S. and all these places who are coming with good money, and so you can have you can have foresight. So if you get if you have some investment of say a million dollars or two million dollars, which is small for a Hollywood movie. But in Nigeria, if you're doing like a TV show for kids, maybe like an animated TV show for kids, it gives you a period to train people because you have money to keep them, execute projects, mm-hmm. and then hopefully go for your series B, as they say. Um, but yeah, so it's it's it hasn't always been in that space, but this is in the space of the last one or two years we're in. There are these investor conversations. There's more money in the space. So now it makes sense to train people because part of the reason we're training people and we've organized Quadron Studios and we've organized a couple of trainings. Part of the reason with the training is if you don't have recurrence, so we used to be focused on advertising for mm. clients. And if you're anybody who's in the advertising space, there are two tiers. You're either on a retainership with some big companies, which we've had those for some time. And it's amazing, but you're at the beck and call of those companies. And you're either that or you're doing projects from client to client. Um, but in essence, you don't really have control of your revenue. And so you can't really dictate where things are. But in terms of like TV shows or movies, you know that, you're, let's say you're doing a series type TV show. Mm-hmm. You know that, okay, there's season one. Season one will take a year and a half or two years to produce you already have the money to fund the year and a half production. So it makes sense to train those people and keep them for that year and a half. And hopefully the show does well enough to season two and then you maintain those people. And so there is a there is there's a more end goal in sight. And when you train those people, you know you can keep them. Because if you train people and you can't keep them, there's this other studio who has a project that's ongoing. So now you guys are there. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's always been the conundrum. Mm. for a while but thankfully it's it's changing mm, that's nice that's nice I, all i see is like there's a lot of money going into this and there's a lot a lot more money than to go into this obviously oh yes mm. yes right right so um what device did you use to like you know do the whole thing um so i typically use i use a laptop on a desktop um are you one of those apple people graphics card no i'm not i'm not apple guy. <laughs> Uh, no offense to anybody. <laughs> Apple. I use Apple phones though. Um, although if I had my, I, I like Samsungs. So that's another conversation. <laughs> Let's put that's a pin in that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, Windows mostly, mostly because of just um, scalability. Can upgrade your RAM easily. Add mm. more graphics card, change things. You know. Yeah. And um, yeah, and so uh, that's what I use. Um, and it was mostly done locally. We didn't do any cloud services per se. Mm. So yeah, it was mostly most of it was done on a laptop actually. But yeah. Mm. Nice, nice one. Does do you usually okay, let me not let me not assume, but is it usually a laptop thing? Do you need a much more stronger laptop for big projects? Yeah, so um so it depends. So I wouldn't really say laptop specifically, it's more about the specs of the laptop. Um so there are some laptops that are like if you have a laptop that has like a 16 gig RAM or like a 3080 GTX or like a, some Dragon 
<laughs> if you're a gamer, you know what I'm saying. Um, if you have like a high-end laptop, then you can do it. But desktops are a lot more robust in most cases. If you have a laptop and a desktop with the same specs, most times the, lap- the desktop will perform more than the laptop. Mm-hmm. And so you find that most people use desktops. But it really, it really doesn't matter. Anyone can be. I, I find sometimes laptop being more convenient because you could just go to some coffee place. I, I work from home mostly these days. Nice. But sometimes with the, with the desktop, you're just stuck at home. With the laptop, you can go get coffee, chat with people, walk on the side. People are like, hey, this is amazing stuff. You're like, yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. So, like, okay, I think this will probably be the last question and I'm going to, like, merge, like, two questions in one. So, you've been doing this for how long? Um, so... I st- yes. 2013? Yes, so I started out 2013, but I was mostly doing animation. I've had like a growth. Mm-hmm. Um, 2013, well, mostly doing like 3D animation, focused on that. Mm-hmm. 2015, I got into like interactive gaming type stuff. Mm-hmm. 2018, we decided to try, because at the time, we, people weren't doing high quality, at least a lot of people. We weren't doing high-quality visual effects in Nigeria at the time. And we wanted to go all out. So we did a project, um, the Skilibi project with the rats walking. And we wanted to see how far we could push it. Because if, if you could do that, you're close enough to do maybe the dragon in Game of Thrones. You're somewhere there because you could do an animal talking. Um, so you're close enough. Because the, the hardest thing in computer graphics and visual effects is making an animal look like it's there. It's easy to make like a, like a camera or a computer or something that is inanimate, but making an animal look and move like it's there. And so that was the first time. So 2018 was was when myself and my company hit that mark. That, okay, oh, we can actually do visual effects. And so since then, we've been doing that. We've been doing that also. But I think my, I'm, I'm what people call a 3D generalist because I'm like everywhere. Like there are some projects... Like, I've done projects that are more interactive, like virtual reality projects. And, I've done, and I'm equally as passionate as that because I, I have a background as a gamer. And so I'm equally as, that, as passionate as that as being in the normal animation that's Disney and Moana and all that stuff because I love those two. I'm equally as passionate with visual effects. So it's just... A lot of pies. What of? A lot of pies. Oh, yes. And those things interact with each other. I think even right now where technology is, 3D is already mainstream with the whole metaverse thing. So it's it's already here to stay. And now there's AI, and so it's going to make it easier for more people to access 3D. And so, yeah. I've always been interested in the fusion of arts and technology. And I think that's, that's what informed me dancing around these three tiers of 3D animation and visual effects. Right, right. So... This is probably the last question. And so what would what what uh, lessons have you learned so far that you would say to your younger self like you should have done this or should you have done this? And how would you advise someone coming into the space to like go about the entire thing? Hmm. That's a good question. I would say um, I would say go out more network more, focus more on the business. Um, but I, it's, it's not even a... It's not even... Because you have to do both. Um, I think you need to have time to 
hone your craft. Um, but I also think you need to be fully aware that monetization is a big thing. And so while honing your craft, um, be able to engage with the local and also international markets to see how to monetize. Um, for a lot of people at the time, when I started this, monetizing locally was the thing. Um, these days, I'm glad that people have figured out how to connect with the international market, spot some distributors, spot some investors, get funding. That's where the industry is, and I think that's where the money is. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily look down on my younger self for not focusing on that. Maybe it wasn't just the time. But I, I, think, I think the industry has grown into that. So anybody who's in the space who is into animation and visual effects, there also needs to be an understanding of the business, how to monetize, um, global practices. If it's possible for you to work with a couple of foreign clients, that would be a very huge learning for you because you would understand industry standards, you understand work ethic, timing, delivering on time, things like that. Um, and it's something a couple of people, including myself, have battled in the industry, um, particularly because you're working with, in some cases, um, clients who really don't know specifically what they're looking for. And then there's Nigeria happening to you with the lights and all that. And <laughs> thankfully, we've gone past all those with solar and everything. Yeah. But yes. Focus on the business. Understand business, if possible. Go take a business course know how to pitch your ideas mm. and be able to scale what you're working on because ultimately we want to tell stories and doing something cool in your room it's cool but at some point you need to figure out the format that people can pay for and scale towards that format mm. and most times you need funding to do that right right i think i got that like from all you said funding is very important Right. So um thank you so much, Uche, for joining us today. Thank you everyone for watching until now. Um thank you for commenting. If you didn't comment, go and comment. Thank you so much. So thank you so much for commenting and liking and liking the video. Thanks for subscribing as well. If you've not subscribed, please subscribe. And if you're listening to us on any of your podcasting platforms, Google, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, anyone that I do that I don't know of, well, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, OGs, you've been listening for like years now. So well done. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, don't forget to go and register for FinTech Summit. Important. I register for that. And um, I hope you enjoyed today's um, interview. Thank you so much, Uche, again for joining us. Thank oh, you. Bye everybody. Ciao.